1: All right, we are delighted to have with us on the Hurricane Hotline from ESPN, ACC Network, formerly WQAM, Channel 4. I'm not sure if I missed anything. 790, the ticket. I can't remember the first place you started. That was at the 1400, so forgive me for that. But now George Sedano appearing on the Hurricane Hotline. Is this a career pinnacle for you? Uh, Absolutely.
0: Actually, um, it was really, and by the way, you did miss the heat. I don't want Mickey Harrison and Pat Riley to be uh, and the, po- the folks that, uh, at the time, it was Fox Sports, uh, you know, Florida or Sun Sports, uh, to feel neglected there. But it was. Um, it, it was to be here. It was to be there. Um, and the fact that you and I got to chat a little bit before the game was cool. So I'm glad I get to kind of recap some of this stuff with you.
1: The uh, the game, Miami wins rather handily. What were your observations of Uh, The Mario Cristobal era getting underway.
0: The physicality, I think, stood out immediately. And you saw that, particularly with a lot of the transfers that they brought in on the defensive front. I think that that, to me, is going to be where they steady the ship. Where, you know, they've always had good pass rushers here, but they haven't had a rotation like this, Joe, I think, regarding their defensive front in a while. At least not one that I, I feel like has been able to put the other team in compromising situations. So to me, that physicality, the offensive line's physicality as well, and the ability to be able to rotate guys. And knowing what Coach Cristobal had done in previous stops, including his most recent stop at Oregon, when he came here, I was obviously – I kind of had an idea of what he was going to do, where he was going to have guys play different positions. He was going to rotate a bunch of guys in and out just so they can get a feel for the different dynamics of – the different positions along the offensive line, and that way they can be secure if somebody does go down. Because you know those five guys, as you know, Joe, and you know Don knows as well. Uh, they got to play like one guy. You know those five guys. So you you got to have guys that are able to understand how to maneuver themselves from position to position along that offensive line. So between that and the physicality on both ends, to me, that's uh, the stamp of a Mario Cristobal team.
1: Yeah. The the depth that he is building, and I think will build is probably going to be one of the most important aspects of the program. The one thing that Miami has lost in the last 20 years, just about everybody else has except Nick Saban, they have lost the battle of attrition. When they lose a frontline guy, whether it's to the draft or injury, they have not been able to find somebody to step in of equal caliber. Alabama can. Georgia can. Miami, Texas, Florida, Florida State, USC cannot.
0: Correct. A hundred percent. And I think that, you know, he talked about this with me about how his time with Nick Saban was like getting a PhD in football. <laughs> and I think he's taken plenty from there. And I, and you know, I know that Oregon got beat down this past weekend, but that Georgia team is at a different level and they're at the level of Alabama. And I think it's them too. Maybe maybe Ohio State? I don't know. I'd have to wait and see. Notre Dame can be really good, so I don't want to dismiss that. how close that game was. But I think those two are in a different league, and I think he's, to your point, I think he's going to build that depth to try to get there, and it takes a certain kind of coach to do that and have the allure to come play for that particular coach, and I think that Coach Cristobal has those intangibles as well.
1: George, you're going to have a feature coming up the week of the Texas A&M game on Coach Cristobal. Uh, without, I guess, going into too much detail, you don't want to give it all away, but what do you think that's going to reveal about him and the program? Well, I'll
0: tell you this, Joe. Uh, the way I said it to somebody, who's a friend of mine, I said, we Miamied and Cubed the leap out of that thing okay we are going to represent miami and the cuban community in a way that i don't think has ever been represented on espn television so we we had a great time we went to one of his favorite little spots after practice had a little cafecito and a long chat about just kind of growing up in south florida what it meant what it means to be in the position he's in now and we also sat down inside the facility to talk football too But, yeah, to me, that's what people should expect is you're going to see Mario Cristobal really just raw, right? Just giving you exactly the way he feels about this particular opportunity at the school he won two championships with in the community where, you know, he bled uh, growing up playing football, and it culminates in him being the head coach of the team where, you know, he really got his ability to kind of, you know, explode into the college football landscape and stratosphere.
1: I think I'm still in shock that he's here. Uh, but what it does give Miami, it's hard to believe this, but it gives Miami credibility, especially with their recruits. You know, they're in these battles all the time with Alabama and Georgia and Clemson. And now when those guys, Sabin and Dabo, go, go into a home and, and Mario Cristobal comes walking in right behind them here in Dade or Broward County, uh, that's going to be significant for the University of Miami. I agree. And it's interesting because I feel like Alabama
0: really got that rolling when Coach Cristobal was on that staff. They came into South Florida and and cleaned house in a lot of ways, and the winning helped, but I think he was really the person who instigated that. So now to have that ability to be at home and create... The old model of the state of Miami that Howard Schnellenberger had and and just expand beyond that, because he and I talked about how the support, not only from the community, which is obviously important, you need that kind of buy-in, but the support from... The university's community and the financial support, all the things to get Miami back up to speed to compete with those schools are all being done and are all being met. And I think it was a big reason why he came here. I mean, obviously, he's going to have love for this particular community and this particular program. But if he's going to take on a professional endeavor, it has to be done the right way. He doesn't know how to do it any other way. So I I do think that that's important. And you're seeing the pipeline already with this potential recruiting class coming up with IMG Academy already. And so whether it's a local situation or a national situation, he's going to be the guy that is going to recruit his butt off and get the right kids here and get that depth that you and I talked about because wherever he's been, whether it's Alabama, heck, even FIU, I was there with him, Joe. He had T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton could have gone to Florida and a number of different places. That guy's played in the NFL for a decade. So he's always had a knack for recruiting regardless of where he's been, and I don't believe Miami will be any different.
1: Your broadcast partner made a very interesting comparison for Tyler Van Dyke. He said John Elway. And I thought, you know, that never popped into my head. But maybe, maybe arm strength and size. But I thought it was a very interesting comparison. I did
0: too. And, you know, when I saw Tyler up close for the first time at practice last week, I was like, whoa. (laughs) And he did kind of stick out to me in that in that way. Now, he's got some mobility. John was obviously more mobile, I think. And, you know, maybe I haven't seen Tyler's giddy up just yet and him scoot out of the pocket as much as, uh, as maybe John did back in those days. But there are some similarities. I do think just the way he's built and his ability to, to just kind of put it on the money. He throws such a beautiful ball, Joe. I mean, you know, you call his game. say, hey? It was something that, to me, from a college player, there's been very few that I've seen up close and personal that can just spin it the way he spins it.
1: George Sedano is our guest. He called the game this past weekend. Uh, But George is out west. You have USC. You're in your backyard. They're in your backyard, USC and UCLA. What has been the reaction of the fan base out there of both those schools going to the Big Ten? And how do you think they will do?
0: Well, it's a surprise. There's no question. I think it caught everyone off guard, especially here. And people were torn because, of course, it just – tears down all the things that we grew up and knew and loved, right? About college football where you knew the Pac-12 and the Big 10 were going to play each other in the Rose Bowl. Well, that may not happen moving forward. We don't know what the future of that particular game looks like. I know that the future of the Rose Bowl if I had to guess would be involved in the college football playoff in some way shape or form in that particular rotation. But in regards to the history of those two conferences, it changes a lot. And you know, I think some people rightly so were were upset about that but others understood joe that this is a uh, an arms race in a lot of ways when it comes to college athletics particularly football and basketball to my, in my opinion as well where schools have to go where the money is and in USC's case they are the crown jewel of those two from an athletic standpoint because they just are better at athletics across the board UCLA obviously is a gem when it comes to basketball but i spoke to UCLA UCLA's athletic director Martin Jarman and I know he was quoted in the LA Times saying the same thing they were losing a ton of money Joe yeah. year after year because they had to support all the olympic type sports and all the other sports that weren't revenue sports and this is the way for them to get in the black you know for a change and it's a move that they had to make and of course if you're going to get one you had to get both they weren't going to give up that rivalry and with a new potential landscape in the Big Ten, they may not have been able to play every year had they one of them stayed in the Pac-12, let's call it. So I do think that it was a package deal. I think it was a shock, but I think most people now are looking forward to it because they see the, the remnants of the Pac-12, and it's, it's just not great
1: at the moment. I would imagine USC fans, with their coaching change, are just as, just as excited as Miami Hurricane fans. Oh, my God,
0: no question about it. And much like Miami Hurricanes fans this past weekend, when you put up that many points uh, against your first opponent, you feel pretty good. And, look, I don't think anyone was surprised that USC put up that kind of total. Lincoln Riley is one of the best offensive coaches in the sport. He brings Caleb Williams over with him from Oklahoma, who's a special, special player as well. He also had a ton of transfers on the offensive side of the ball, including Travis Dye, who played for Mario Cristobal last year at Oregon and was kind of the bell cow to Mario Cristobal's offense with the Oregon Ducks last season. So he's got a ton of guys on offense. I do question... What they can do defensively, Joe, they've got athletes. They're always going to get athletes, much like Miami at USC. But their defense, it was, was very shaky last year. And they lost some guys to the draft on a defense that was already very shaky. So I'm curious to see what they look like when they face a just a better quality of opponent that isn't Rice.
1: You know, you you referenced it on the telecast about uh, year after year after year. Miami's back, Miami's back, Miami's back, and then Mario kind of ended all that by just saying, "Yeah, Miami's back, Miami's back to work." Geez, I wish I would have thought of that line myself ten years ago. But uh, but uh, if Miami does get back under him, it, it is going to be great, I think, for college football because they are, you know, they're loved, they're hated. Uh, people want to make him the villain, whatever. But when Miami is good, I always say this when Miami's good, college football, and uh, not, not that it needs any more help, but I just think it's better when Miami's, Miami's uh, shining. No question
0: about it. They are the most polarizing team in college football. Because they weren't supposed to be here, Joe. <laughs> you know, it's a small little private school in Coral Gables, and it became a football—the football epicenter of college football for many, many years and many decades, even because of what Howard Schnellenberger was able to create, and Jimmy Johnson after that, Dennis Erickson, and Butch Davis resurrecting it, you know, and so on and so forth. Coach Coker winning that last championship in 2001, but. I think that everyone wants them back because of that reason. And, and the polarizing part of it helps uh, sell, you know, tickets. It helps sell uh, sells, uh, people sitting in front of their TV sets for TV ratings. And I think that, you know, if you're college football, it behooves you. Not that I'm taking it. This is not a shot at the SEC by any stretch of the imagination because their dominance has been warranted. But if you can get the number – whatever 15 whatever Miami is 15 television market in the country and you can get the number two television market in USC as we just discussed in the country involved in college athletics that only helps the business and I think that you have tentpole uh, programs in college sports I think Miami is one of them particularly with college football I mean And because of that, because of their history, because they're the villain, because they're polarizing, because it's a big media market, USC is that way. And I think from a tradition standpoint, you want Notre Dame there, you want Texas involved in those uh, particular uh, battles as well. So no disrespect to anyone else, uh, you know, in the SEC or even Clemson, who's been fantastic. But those other programs I just mentioned, Miami, all the Florida schools, you know, in regards to Florida and Florida State, the original three, uh, Texas, Notre Dame, you need that. And heck, if Nebraska could come back, they have the largest alumni base in the country still, Joe, I believe. So, I mean, they, that would help college football as well. But to your point, college football is alive and healthy, but it could still be better.
1: So uh, it had to be a thrill for you. Go back to where you started. It had to be a thrill for you calling that game, calling the game Saturday, Miami Hurricane game. You, you grew up down here. You program, you're the program director of our radio station. And uh, to be there at Hard Rock Stadium had to be pretty special.
0: It was the coolest thing ever, Joe. I I Honestly, it's funny. I've now done a ton of games over my my life now, Um, and I've been to a lot of places. And that morning I woke up, and I'd gone to work out, and after I was done, I was a little nervous. I'm like, what am I so nervous about? I've done a million games before. It was something about it was my first TV game for football. i had done radio for a while, and obviously I've done uh, NBA stuff over the years. But there was something about that game, that place, Mario's first game, that was getting the butterflies in me. And then once I stepped in the building, I felt fine. And I felt at home, and I think that that to me is what settled me down. As wild as it sounds, seeing familiar faces like yourself and and Don and and Victor Bermudas, your producer, and and Steph, and uh, everybody in your booth, uh, you know, seeing Cam Gorby, seeing Coach Cristobal, Jason Taylor, who I said hello to, just being at home, I, I think, really settled me in. And we had a fun broadcast, and. You know, I think there's always stuff you can learn. You know, you've been doing this a long time. I'm sure you listen back to your stuff and like, oh, I wish I would have done that or I wish I would have done this. But it was a blast, and I could not have honestly painted a better picture uh, than what I what I got on Saturday to, to call my first TV game.
1: Well, a job well done. Congrats on all your success. Thank you for being with us on, on the Hurricane Hotline. Joe, it's absolutely my pleasure. Great to see you the other day, and hopefully I'll see you soon. All right, George Zidano joining us on the hotline. We'll come back right after this.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.
1: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
0: Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way.